Don't envy. Welcome in, boys. We're going to recap a little week eight and uh, get into some week nine. It's been a couple weeks, man. How was the bye week and the, the double bye week and the vacation? And uh, I missed you guys. Hadn't seen you. We greatly missed you, Tony. And uh, yeah, a couple of us have been kind of shaping up a little bit. I mean, you're talking to three people that are at the bottom of the Moose Knuckle standings, but uh, we snuck in a couple wins during those bye weeks. So uh, I'm feeling okay. Chris, you feeling okay? Guys, I think the time off did us some well. We were able to kind of sit back, reset, actually look at our lineups instead of, you know, going over fantasy football news. And uh, like you said, I think Tony's got a two-game lead off of, uh, you know, Sacco. And, uh, D, you jumped up to 10th. And uh, I'm sitting up in playoffs, guys. I don't know if you looked. I'm, I'm in the fifth spot. So next couple weeks before our trade deadline, and uh, we'll see who's going to be buying and who's selling. But I think we're in positions to make a run and – Let's get after it. Yeah, nicely said. Uh, public service announcement there, as Chris mentioned. And the MFFL trade deadline is November 19th. So, yeah, we're going to, you know, it always takes, it just takes one, right, guys? One one trade falls, and then I feel like the domino effect comes right after that. Everybody kind of jumps on it. So we'll see who makes a move here close to the deadline, and then everybody will be scrambling to get it in before before midnight. Agreed. <laughs> That was the definition of our prom night, scrambling and getting it in before midnight. <laughs> There's many years when I start that uh, trade, and that will not be me this year, unless I'm selling. Don't have a lot to sell, though. <laughs> hey, D, uh, you wrote quick hits. You going to do it? or? Hey. Let's get into the quick hits then. Uh, your certified beef for the week. Oh, well, that was my violent beef swinging. So, hey, that doesn't happen very often, but, you know, I got a good look at myself in the mirror, walking over to the side, and it was just one of those weeks where I'm like, hey, the beef looks pretty good, right? 176.04 points, and a lot of that was due to, you know, my good friend, my dear friend, Christian McCaffrey, 42.5 points, and A.J. Brown putting up 39 points, and who knew Deontay Foreman, could throw together a 31-point performance with three rushing touchdowns and 118 yards on the ground. So I thank you for that. So I get the certified B for the week. Lowest scoring team, well, that was the White Knucklers at 95.2 points. That's not going to cut it. Uh, better days ahead for the White Knucklers. MVPs, week eight. Well, we had Alvin Kamara at 42 and the aforementioned Christian McCaffrey at 42. Biggest bench performers, Chris, you're down there, man. You benched Justin Fields with a 30-point week, and Gavin also with a quarterback benching, benching two at 35.18 points. Uh, who else does he have on the team, though? He's got Jalen Hurts, so don't feel too bad about him. He, he scores points one way or another. Consensus fab pickups. Uh, Chris, you got some explaining to do. It seems like you dropped $10 on Odell Beckham Jr., and I'm pretty sure he doesn't play football. Yeah, I pulled the Trevor there. Um, Trevor drafted him, um, and I tell you what, I was sick and tired of rolling with three quarterbacks, so I dumped the beloved uh, sunshine Trevor Lawrence, and I'm rolling Herbert and Fields, and quarterback is my biggest question mark now, so I think Fields is going to have a great second half uh, fantasy-wise, averaging you know over 60 yards rushing uh, last three weeks. Love that, but the waiver wire sucks, and I'm just – Picking up a flyer here. That's the explanation I got. But, uh, you know, guys, we did have a death in the uh, Moose Knuckle Fantasy Football League uh, this week. And uh, so condolences to 
Matt Orzelik's nutsack. He got snipped on Wednesday, boys. Uh, vasectomy. Wacha! No more kiddos for uh, the Orzelik clan. So uh, congratulations on that, on a successful uh, vasectomy, Orzelik. Man, uh, the, the, the baby... Uh, curse or you know help it's just not gonna help or orslik anymore man uh there's no chance of it so no more baby bump for orslik uh tony i see your name on on the uh the free agent pickup here you look like you swapped some qbs uh out on the waiver wire had to you know russ uh does not cook this sunday so i had to go with someone else and andy dalton is my pick new orleans um i i like you said, man, the waiver wire is junk out there. But, uh, you know, I might have a nice little uh, waiver wire claim in for somebody who was recently dropped. Uh, you know? I dare you to pick up Trevor Lawrence. That guy is shit. You can pay all you want for him, dude. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be a fab pickup without me uh, getting outbid by a, prior, a waiver priority level um, when I tried to go $6 on the Minnesota defense only to be – ambushed by team skeet who gets him for uh, six dollars with the higher waiver priority so i went with the tampa bay defense um they go against la la hasn't been moving the ball as well as uh, seasons pass we'll see what happens with that um any other uh, pickups that kind of uh, strike you guys uh, isaiah likely was out there with an eight dollar waiver pickup um evan looks like he's going to be playing him against me this week with irv smith jr going down with an ankle injury he's on the ir now for the rest of the season yeah, I love that Isaiah Isaiah likely uh, pick up, and that was before we found Bateman's out um, for end of season. So a lot more value there. I actually bet him last week to score a touchdown, like plus three fifty. So, I mean, I was all about likely last week, but uh, just I got some two nice tight ends myself in uh, Dulcich, who I played against Reese, who's a Denver fan. So um, it was a nice sting, even though he uh, took the W on the week. Um, yeah, Kevin uh, picked up your Michael Hasty. I think uh, he's going to slide into that two slot down in Duval uh, behind ETN, who's obviously off to the start that he is off to, um, finishing looking like, looking like a top 10 back uh, the last few weeks. But um, I put in a bid for that, and I was outbeat by a dollar, so I, I do like that uh, security blanket for uh, Mr. Arway. Okay, boys, no no trades to speak of as yet, but we got a couple weeks to go there, so I'm sure there'll be some action to talk about in future pods. But for now, let's move on. And, guys, we had some action here at the trade deadline, probably the most exciting NFL trade deadline in history. And uh, I know there's quite a few to point out, both on your guys' respective teams, so I'll let you guys have the floor for those. I'll take the first one, though, with uh, the one that I thought caught my eye the most, TJ Hawkinson traded in division to the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota receives Hawkinson, a 2023 fourth-round pick, and a conditional 2024 fourth-round pick. Detroit receives a 2023 second-round pick and a 2024 third-round pick. It's a messy one, but, but uh, it's it, it's kind of a splashy trade for the Vikings. Um, unfortunately for Hawkinson, it's probably little change to his fantasy value. Um, this move just... It was a move the Vikings felt like they needed to make with the loss of the aforementioned Irv Smith due to that significant ankle injury. Um, Chris, I don't think you need to worry. This doesn't impact Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen very much. Um, certainly benefits Kirk Cousins, I think. And uh, the only other thing I have to note is for Detroit, 
some guy named Brock Wright is the tight end one on the depth chart. Brock! No, but uh, seriously, uh, I love that for Hawkinson. He goes from a one and six Lions to you know the six and one Vikings, and the Vikings are for real. That's a great team. Um, they're going to run away with this uh, division. They were my divisional pick. Hawkinson plays for uh, you know the winning franchise for the first time in his career. I expect him to be actually that number two option in that receiving game. He's going to over uh, hop uh, Adam Thielen. It's going to be uh, Hawkinson up the middle. Could be an interesting one, uh, Tony. I know this was an exciting trade deadline for you as well. Chase Claypool traded to the Chicago Bears for a second-round pick. Claypool going to a team where maybe the passing volume isn't consistent. I, the Bears have the lowest passing passing rate in the NFL, but he has the opportunity to become a top two and maybe not two receiver for the team. So how do you feel uh, the Bears look going forward, and what kind of value do you think Claypool brings to the team? And I love the move, you know, and us for as, as Bears fans, we want Fields to grow. This is just another piece to put in front of Fields. Um, and, you know, the organ- new organization there this year is saying, you're our guy. We want to develop you. Um, getting rid of some pieces, which I'll get into on the defense and kind of flipping it for offensive pieces so he can uh, become that guy. Uh, I love it. You know, we lost Allen Robinson in the offseason, so this is another big-body guy who go up and get him. And I agree. I mean, he could be the one to Mooney's two, and this is going to take some heat off Mooney so he can do well what he did when Allen Robinson was there last year. So I think this is a much better offense. And, uh, I mean, we're not hitting playoffs yet. We've got a lot more moves to go, certainly still um, rebuilding. But he's got two years left on that contract, so we'll see him this year and next year. Uh, before we have to re-sign him or or, or any of the like. But uh, speaking to those two defensive pieces, uh, you know, we had to get uh, rid of Robert Quinn uh, to the Eagles, who uh, was a fourth. You know, he's an older veteran kind of guy. Uh, I think he had maybe this year or maybe one year left on his contract, so had to move him. But uh, the biggest move was obviously Roquan Smith to the Ravens. Uh, got a second and a fourth, I believe, uh, for Roquan. So essentially, you know, we got that second for Roquan um, and then traded it for Claypool. So, hey, I mean, I mean, we gave up ours, so maybe we, we dropped down a little bit uh, in that. So, I mean, overall, not a bad trade line for the Bears. What are you guys' thoughts? Not a bad trade at all. And I'll, I'll jump over to the Pittsburgh side real quick because I think this is a big deal both for uh, our boy, the Muth, Pat Fryermuth, and George Pickens. Uh, both these guys likely receiving those vacated targets that Claypool is leaving. And I think that's a bump up for their fantasy stock uh, rest of season. Agreed. Yeah, I think uh, Fields gets another weapon. That's great. Um, he needs it because you're rolling out guys like St. Brown and Vilas Jones as his options. And, uh, you know, he, he needs a. He's a guy who's been around, been around for a little bit in a winning franchise, and that's a very low-risk trade. So I do like the Claypool pickup. Are you saying you don't have uh, value or confidence in Dante Pettis and Equinemius St. Brown going forward in fantasy, Chris? I am definitely saying that. Not that I have faith in Chase Claypool or Darnell Mooney. The only person I have, uh, I have three people on the Bears. It's Monty, which if you guys heard Colin Collard uh, this week, he didn't even forgot Monty's last name. He was calling him something else in that offense, and it was awesome. Um, Herbert, which Herbert is like leading um, yards per carry. He's the future in the Bears' backfield. And Fields. Like those are the three guys on that offense that are exciting for fantasy. 
Yeah, I hope this this opens it up. I mean, Iguanimi is he's young. I think he'll develop, but you know, he's not going to get up to I think Claypool or or Mooney. But you know, he's on that that Mister Universe diet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now let's take time to cover the remaining team in the NFC North. Here's what the Green Bay Packers did at the trade deadline. <laughs> yep. That sounds about Dietrich, right. was that a fart? Was that a fart on your end, Dietrich? <laughs> uh, that's about all, the, all that they took care of, yep. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, any other uh, uh, trade deadline stuff you guys want to talk about? I got a couple more here. I think the Naheem Hines trading to the Buffalo Bills is really interesting with them getting Zach Moss back to the Indianapolis Colts. So um, Zach Moss seemingly kind of falling out of rotation there in Buffalo. And with Jonathan Taylor's ankle injury getting re-aggravated, this seems like, you know, Moss might have a chance to kind of grab those early early down work. And that's should Taylor miss some extended time. And that leaves Deion Jackson as the primary backup and likely pass catcher for – on third downs for the Colts. Um, and for Naheem Hines, he likely just instantly gets plugged into that passing down back. James Cook's value, uh, poof, gone in the in, in air. And no more James Cook. Maybe maybe Dynasty guys can hang on to him and hope for the best, but uh, probably doesn't have any relevance this year in fantasy. And uh, Chris, the, the PPR value for Hines should be there as a RB3 flex moving forward. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, as an owner, I think I like this move. I think he's going to go into a you know a high scoring offense where he can be that third down back. And you know, it's not like Dave, Devin Singletary is that great, right? So, not that Naeem Hines could be a three down back, but you know, he should get some uh, he gets, he should get some action in, in a uh, you know explosive Bills offense. Um, so we'll see how we'll see how it goes. I, I got to trot him out this week with uh, Barkley on a bye, so uh, he's my RB two this week. Nicely done. Um, Tony, the Miami Dolphins did some RB shuffling at the trade deadline. They sent Chase Edmonds to the Broncos as part of a deal to acquire uh, edge rusher Bradley Chubb, and they gave up a fifth-round pick to acquire Jeff Wilson. Uh, So there's more San Fran backfield pieces going over to Miami. Um, Man, I I know you and I both kind of had some high hopes for Chase Edmonds this year. Um, and it looked great at the very early, uh, early on in the season, but it fell off quite, quite fast. <laughs> yeah, he just was not the uh, better back in that scheme. Maybe we'll see how he's used in Denver. Um, and so, but I, if he was traded anywhere, Denver's not where I wanted him to go. So, no, uh, we'll see. It's messy. It's unclear. Avoid if you can of the entire <laughs> Denver backfield. <laughs> but at the same time, like they don't trust Melvin Gordon at all. So like if he comes in and it looks all right, I mean he could he can get some he can get some touches in that offense. I think so. Should be interesting. Yeah. Which probably means it'll be all Latavius Murray. Who knows? You know, yeah. it's 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 just a big question mark for me uh, in Denver. And and unless you're desperate, try not to suit him up in fantasy. Maybe until we, we get some more clear definition of how that backfield looks going forward. Um, and then our kind of favorite punching bag of the MFFL, Kadarius Tony, traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, don't know what to make of that one either. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is likely to stay as the primary slot receiver, at least that's my opinion. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling, um, he signed like a $30 million deal with the Chiefs for three years. So I don't see him likely going anywhere. 
Um, probably the only guy that gets negatively impacted in the near future is Nicole Hardman. And I don't think many of you are starting him for fantasy implications. Um, but he's probably the main guy whose time, his play time is in danger. Um, so Tony, Kadarius Tony's more of a number four receiver if healthy. If healthy is, is, is the key phrase there. This is like when Josh Gordon was on that team, like, you know, and no one even remembered Josh Gordon was on the Chiefs. Like, this is this play. No one's going to remember that he's on the Chiefs. Like, I, I, it, it doesn't make sense to me. It's it's a long it's a long term play because uh, Juju's on a one year deal. I think Nicole Hardman might be on the last year of his deal too. So this is you know they get they get Tony for two years. He's a first round pick. Maybe he stays healthy and turns into something. So this is this is a lottery pick for for Kansas City. So maybe it pays off, but it probably won't pay off for fantasy this season at least. Um, Chris, I'll leave you the the little bit of Jaguars news. Uh, pretty uh, pretty random uh, uh, <laughs> trade that happened where the Jaguars end up grabbing Calvin Ridley and signing him. So what? How does that make you feel? What do you think? Uh, what what kind of impact does he bring to the team uh, next season? Well, well, listen. You know, there's nothing wrong with Calvin Ridley. He's a great guy. He just likes a little gamble, right? And he bet on his team when he wasn't playing. To beat the Jaguars in 2019, whatever the hell, whatever year it was. So, um, the trade value is good. Um, I think he's definitely a number one wide receiver. It all depends on where he is uh, mentally. If you remember, he kind of took a leave of absence to deal with some mental uh, illness stuff last year when I drafted him with the 15th overall pick. So he was great for me in fantasy last year. But um, the big thing with Calvin is is that the trade value is there for the Jaguars, though. Um, you know, it only turns into a second round pick is if a he plays the he plays the twenty twenty three season, which he has to get reinstated in February, and b he signs a long term extension with the Jaguars. So if those two things happens, then they'll get their second round pick. If he plays the twenty twenty three season and doesn't, then it turns into a third. And if he doesn't even play, I think it's just a fourth. So it's a very low risk play to get Sunshine as number one overall wide receiver. So. Next year, hopefully, we're rolling out Calvin. We're rolling out uh, uh, Kirk, and then we draft that Quinton uh, Johnson guy at TCU, and then that's going to be our wide receiving core next year. So, no excuses for Sunshine anymore. This generational talent piece of shit. Um, that's all I got to say. If we keep using uh, Trevor Lawrence's nickname as Sunshine, we're going to have to get the dub of uh, Petey from Remember the Titans going Sunshine. Um, <laughs> that is very necessary. Um, Chris, they should have beat Den- they should have beat Denver on Sunday. We watched that game. He threw a pick in the end zone. Like, how do they not beat Denver at home in London? Uh, Broncos country, let's ride. Yeah, fucking. Trevor Lawrence is like riding his wife all night, baby. That girl. He should have done some lunches oh, in the aisle. I don't know, dude. Fuck that man. Like, I'm. So- yeah. <sighs> it was those high knees and <laughs> on the plane. That's what did no it. No way. <sighs> I'm still mad. This like the Jaguars have lost like five in a row now. They were looking great. I don't know, man. Top five. They have James Robinson in the back. You know, no, they didn't. James Robinson was traded to the New York Jets um, for pretty much half a ham sandwich, Chris. So uh, now you got Jamichael Hasty as the backup running back. That's got to feel good, right? Listen, shout out to Robinson, Rockford native, ISU alum. Um, 
it, the trade made no sense. Like ETN is an injury waiting to happen. It could happen at any moment the way he runs and cuts, right? Very low contracts. Free agent at the end of this year, you get a sixth-round pick. Um, nothing sexy. I think it was a terrible trade. You'd like to think there was a little bit more value out there for Robinson, but Agreed. perhaps not. I don't know. It's It felt low to me, and Robinson just feels like a great depth guy, just a great depth piece, and a, and a guy that you could probably have re-signed uh, at, a, at, at a contract, a team-friendly deal. At yeah, least that's agreed. my opinion. But agreed, because now it's like Jacksonville needs a running back because ETN cannot be a three-down back because they're, like, they're utilizing him right now for the long term of his career. He cannot. Yeah, he needs to he needs to size up a little bit if he wants to be the you know the every every down carrier of the of the football for the Jacksonville Jacksonville Jaguars. It's uh, I agree, it's a little sketchy, and Jamichael Hasty is definitely not the answer as your uh, as your running back reserves. Agreed. Um, I think that's enough of my of our silly trade talks. Uh, Tony, why don't you uh, why don't you cover some injuries for us? All right, I'm going to lead off with the two that dropped uh, most recently today in Rashad Bateman and Michael Thomas uh, will now be out for the rest of the season. Um, as a Rashad Bateman owner, you know, I've probably been waiting, you know, three, four weeks now for his return. He recently re-upset it last week, and yeah, now he's out. But Michael Thomas, man, he has been like in and out for what since the week two week three it's been a long long time for them to finally call end of season on this so certainly michael thomas owners are very frustrated with this news um what do you guys feel about that it's frustrating um because he kind of looked like a value in in drafts early in the year and uh it, it took some attention away from chris Olave too when he was on the field which Olave's looks like he's blooming into a bona fide star-studded wide receiver um, so it's it's probably a little good for him in terms of you know more looks and more opportunities in the offense going forward. He seems to be just Andy Dalton's first, second, and third read on the field. He just looks to see if a lobby's open, and even if he isn't, he's still chucking it. So um, it's a lot of value for him, and it's a bummer for Michael Thomas because this is this is what his third year, and I think he's had like ten catches in three years in three seasons. It's it's a bummer. It's a buzzkill because he's he's an elite talent. Remember when he was a, uh, you know, like the number five pick in in drafts just a few years ago, guys? Dude, he, he holds the NFL season single season record for catches in a season. Yeah, he's we he had a Hall of Fame career projected. And now injuries have, you know, derailed that. Yeah, that's awful, man. It's kind of like uh, reminds me of a uh, um, guy from the Chargers who we'll probably talk about here later. Uh, that was very injury prone. Had a good couple years, and then now. Still can't get on the field now. so He's not playing the rest of the year either. I know who you're talking about. Breaks my heart. Yeah, exactly. But uh, let's get into uh, let's see Cooper Cup out of the LA Rams. Uh, he's dealing with an ankle right now. Did not participate in practice. Um, you guys think he's going this week? I think he'll suit up, yeah. Um, for my sake, as a owner of Van Jefferson, as a dart throw that I took a couple weeks ago and stashed him on the IR, maybe – Maybe uh, he's limited, and Van Jefferson steps in with some with some much needed targets because you can't rely on uh, Chris's boy Ben Skoranek, uh very often. So um, we'll see if I think Cooper Cup uh, starts up. Maybe maybe he's on a pitch count, but I think he'll be in the game. 
Derrick Henry, uh, t- uh, Tennessee running back, uh, foot. He was a limited participant in practice, so there's definitely a chance that he suits up. Uh, Mr. Jalen Waddle in Miami, he's got a shoulder injury. Full participation in practice, great to see. Uh, likely par- participate in the game this week. Devontae Adams, just an illness, limited participant. participate. So should be able to recover by uh, game time. Uh, Mike Evans, also a limited participant with an ankle injury. And DeAndre Swift, again, Detroit running back. Ankle, did not participate. I think this Sorry, is more man. than rest, but yeah, I know. I had him back one week, and he's freaking doing great. Uh, it probably doesn't make you feel any better, but I've been starting Jamal Williams in these weeks because, uh, well, I've, I've needed him. So, <laughs> And uh, he Jamal. did well with his return, didn't he? So it's been, yeah, he's, he still has a little bit of value even with Swift on the field. So, yeah, yeah there's, yeah, those are the two people in Detroit you want is both the running backs. They can squeak in the end zone, no problem. Yeah. Mike Williams, Inko, we uh, do not expect him to be on the field for a couple more weeks. Um, Tyler Jordan Lockett. Palmer, start him up. Yeah, in Everton. Everett and likely. We talked about likely as a um, good pickup this. Oh, week. Everett. Everett's great. I think he's in, he's he's primed to, to give you consistent fantasy value at the tight end position, which is honestly just a wasteland. So anything anytime you can find just even like an iota of consistency, t- take it and run with it. Yeah. Um upping a couple more here, Tyler Lockett in Seattle. Um hamstring limited participant. Um, I you know come down here. DK was also a limited participant, so not sure who Gino's going to be throwing to, but uh, hopefully one of these guys makes it on the field this week. Uh, your boy Alan Lazard, um, limited participant with a shoulder. Um, was he on the field last week? D, do you think he makes it on this week? He was not on the field last week. I think him and Christian Watson will both be back for Sunday against Detroit, which is great because that Packers offense looked. Just they couldn't get anything going other than uh, the run game with Aaron Jones. Um, the passing game was was non-existent. So getting Lazard back and it sounded like uh, for that Buffalo game, uh, they had a lot of plays scripted up for Christian Watson in that game, and he went out with that concussion early first quarter. And uh, you know a lot of the offense stalled after that for Green Bay. So good to get them both on the field. And uh, well, I'll be talking about the Packers later on in this very episode. Just below that, Aaron Rodgers, a limited participant with a right thumb. How severe is that? He's been playing through it, but it seems like he's been regularly taping it up. You see him with with the tape job in games. Um, you know, he talked about it on the Pat McAfee podcast a little bit. It seems like it bothers him a little bit in between plays. But, um, you know, I think a couple weeks ago, it looked like there was a, a little bit taken off of the ball. Like it wasn't traveling as far or it had as much zip on it, but... He says it's getting better by the week, so hopefully, you know, he's unaffected for uh, for Sunday. Yeah. Speaking uh, of Pat okay. McAfee, do you see that the NFL is fucking with his podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Not good. How are you gonna fuck with Pat McAfee? <laughs> remove, remove the uh, the logos. I know. And he said he's pays like something like four million dollars a year or something for other ancillary yeah, like the just footage, right? The, just the footage. It's not the stills. It's the footage. Yeah, four million dollars. 
Someone suggested, why don't you just zoom in on the logo while it's running? <laughs> so what he's actually doing, I don't know if you guys saw, is that there's some guy on Reddit who like creates like these like funny logos that look like cartoons. Like for each matchup, he's using those and they're spectacular. <laughs> good, just good. like, fuck you, NFL. <laughs> yeah. Put it back to him. Unreal. So, NFL is not a proud sponsor of the Moose Local Fantasy Football <laughs> podcast. <laughs> fuck you, Goodell. Yeah, suck it, Goodell. <laughs> all the logos right here. <laughs> uh, big one. Uh, we got to mention Johnny Taylor did not participate in practice. Uh, we mentioned before. Look at that logo. Ooh. Does not look like he'll be uh, in this week. Womp, womp, womp. Tell you what, man. Yeah. Next year, I am. Bu- I am just betting that whoever Reese takes in the first round, I am just betting he's just gonna have a injury plague season and just draft his handcuffed guys <laughs> like in like the third round it never fails never fails sorry reese i feel for you man <laughs> that's a bad run you've had two more i'll mention josh uh, palmer the uh guy who should be uh, getting up a lot of this work here in uh the Chargers offense was out with a concussion, full participant, though. So good to see. So we get back out there. And his brother, um, Keenan Allen, who I was alluding to before, out with a hamstring, I guess re-aggravated recently, did not participate in practice. So we could see more time and potentially season ending for him. Anything else you uh, guys want to mention on the injury report? Uh, we're recording this podcast on a Thursday this week. Actually, the game is going on right now as we speak. Um, there is no Brandon Cooks out on the field because he has a wrist injury. Wink. It's actually just personal shenanigans that he's not out there on the field. <laughs> but uh, it's currently in the third quarter with the Eagles on top. Um, no, nothing other than that. Um, thank you for not covering Deonta Foreman on the injury report. I think we're good. Let's roll into the locks of the week. Tony, who you got? All right, man. I am taking Minnesota, who's given three points uh, at Washington, and I think they'll cover this uh, pretty easily. Um, Minnesota's, you know, trying to make this playoff push. They only lost one game this year, and it's not going to be the second game to Washington. So that's my lock. Yeah, I touched on it already. My lock of the week is going to be the Green Bay Packers getting things back on track. Uh, Packers are minus three and a half. I'll take that over Detroit. We got the wide receiver core getting healthy again, going to be back out there. I think Aaron Rodgers is not going to let this get out of hand. This is going to be a, you know, uh, we'll get a nice quote at the end of this one that'll be, you know, said and then carry on for weeks. You know, classic run the table or relax. You know, we'll get one of those and it'll, it'll carry on for the rest of the season, bring them back into the playoff run. So this is where things start to get right again. Green Bay over Detroit. Very, very lock of you. Um, this is an easy one for me. Seattle on the road uh, in Arizona, getting two, uh, picking Seattle outright. All right. Got confidence in our boy Gino, huh? No, I have no confidence in Gino. I have confidence in Ken Walker the third. <laughs> nice. <sighs> Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you the bold one uh, right off the bat. I could have even flipped uh, either of these, but 
for whatever reason, the Rams are getting three on the road in Tampa Bay. I think uh, Tom, I saw Tom Brady trick-or-treating with uh, you know his uh, motherless kids um, this week. So just playing double duty as being a full-time father, plus trying to you know play football. And mother just seems to not even be in the picture anymore. So uh, Rams are getting three on the road. I like Rams outright. Nice. Um, so I will also take Rams plus three. <laughs> Damn it. I didn't even see that, Tony. All right, dude, you go through yours. I'll give you an even better one to all our listeners out there. <laughs> well done, Chris. As always, I will take my, my bold prediction, and it's the Sunday night game. I'm going to be taking Tennessee plus 12 and a half. What a line. Uh, Andy Reid, since the start of the 2014 season, he's gone 0-4 against Tennessee even though his team was favored to win in all four of those games, and two of those four games were actually played at Arrowhead, like this week's game is going to be. So last week, the Titans, or last year, uh, excuse me, in Tennessee, the Titans pulled off one of the most stunning wins of the year when they beat the Chiefs 27-3. to I mean, they held the freaking Chiefs to three points. So this is the tricky matchup for Andy Reid, for whatever reason, I don't understand, but... Can KC beat Tennessee? Certainly. But 12 and a half, I don't see it happening. So get Tennessee and their points. I think Tannehill is going to play, which is a huge factor here. So if he plays, I think they keep the score pretty close. Malik starting, uh, I don't fully trust the rookie quite yet. Uh, so maybe I'll, I'll lean to Chris and he'll do another Derrick Henry 2 TD game. You know, and I'll, uh, I'll ride with him on that. Jaguars plus one and a half at home against the Raiders. Josh McDaniels is an awful head coach. Um, Jaguars need a win. Uh, I'm not picking them outright, but I'm picking them to cover at one and a half. Perfect, man. Thanks. Thanks for the pivot. Even though your Jaguars prediction wasn't really that that bold. Because that I don't even – you know, they're getting three. They're getting three, yeah, in Tampa Bay. So they're on the road. Um, going from West Cooper to East. Out. Cooper Cup's out, so... You know, Allen Robinson breakout game. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they did, weren't able to move Cam Akers, so now they, this might be the makeup game. Uh, get Cam Akers involved here. <coughs> Wouldn't that be something if Cam Akers became that guy the rest of the season? <laughs> no one's more of a fan than that than Cam Akers currently on my bench. Could be a Cam Akers game. Dan Jefferson game. Somebody... Somebody that we don't expect is gonna is gonna show up in that one. So anyone but Allen Robinson? No, no, I mean, no confidence in Allen Robinson. Yeah, he's old, man. Get him out of here. <laughs> that guy's a bum. <laughs> I thought he played pretty well last week, right? He's getting some more what, chemistry. First week in what two seasons that uh that you're impressed with, Chris? I mean, you know, the the week before the bye, five grabs, 60 yards, and a touchdown. Last week, five five grabs, 50 yards. So, like, nothing crazy, but, you know, he is he's he's getting the targets six six and seven the last couple of weeks. So, Yeah, he's missing Trubisky for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember those Blake Bortles numbers he was getting? <laughs> yeah, you guys rag on Bortles, man. I think he caught 15 touchdowns with Bortles one year. <laughs> 14 or 15. I think you're right. He would kill for that right now. Oh, yeah. He has more touchdowns that one season than he has like the last four years combined. Poor guy. 
But yeah, as uh, Dietrich alluded to, uh, we're recording this on Thursday night, um, so we could definitely get into a little live recap of what's gone on, transpired in the game thus far. Um, you know, Eagles were a 13 and a half point favorites uh, going into the game. Um, over under were set at 44.5, and you guys, at halftime, it was tied 14-14. What was your take going into halftime? Didn't see that coming. Uh, that was definitely, I mean, a pretty decent start for the Texans uh, straight out the gate. And uh, they've been able to keep A.J. Brown kind of limited. He did grab a touchdown, so it's it's saving me a little bit with about 14 and a half points right now. But A.J. Brown only has three catches uh, for 57 yards. So they're holding him um, intact right now. So we'll see. We're, we're kind of about a minute and some change to go in the third quarter. So we'll see what comes of it. But. No, the Texans came to play. They're they're not rolling over by any means. Yeah, yeah this uh sorry, Tony. I was just gonna add just a minute ago, uh, Rex Burkhead had a chance to get in. That's my Rex Burkhead uh but looked for that pass interference. I was like, fuck. <laughs> so this the line the line of this game kicked off at 13 and a half. Uh Philly giving that to Houston on the road, which is huge. And then Houston on the opening drive goes down the field and goes up 7 nothing. You're like, oh, shit. So they're still covering uh, up by four, but Eagles have the ball. So uh, if they score here, I don't, I, I don't think they're going to cover. I don't think, they, I don't think that 13 and a half is going to cover with the uh, end of the third quarter right now. I agree. Should have taken that, uh, that dip in the – the uh, cover as soon as uh, Texans came out with that opening uh, touchdown. Should have bought that dip, Tony. Should have bought the dip. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we can talk about the Sunday night preview a little bit. The Tennessee Titans at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by still 12 and a half points, and that is still the case on FanDuel right now as I look. The over-under changed a little bit. It opened up at 46 and a half. It's now down to 44 and a half. So the line has moved two points, which is a little uh, surprising to me. Um, that being said, you know, we, we were talking about, or I was teasing Chris about the Derrick Henry 2 TD game. Um, Chiefs have actually given up the third fewest rushing yards in the NFL, so maybe this will be a game where King, King Henry uh, gets slowed down a little bit, if that's even possible. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Can you slow down uh, King Henry? Uh, well, to be determined, but... Uh, guys, how do you see this game shaking out? I, obviously, you know my bold prediction. I think Tennessee is capable of keeping it close, at least within that 12 and a half. Uh, what are your thoughts of how this shakes out? Yeah, this isn't happening. Chiefs are not going to, you know, I'm sorry, the Titans are not going to cover. This is going to be a route. Um, Chiefs are just the second best team in the NFL behind the Bills. Um, this is a route in uh, Arrowhead. They uh, give the 12 and a half. Yeah, it's it's a good storyline, Dietrich. And I mean, some people just have other people's numbers in the league. It, it happens. I mean, no matter how good the Bears or the Packers are in any season, they're usually fighting pretty hard uh, in games. Um, but uh, yeah, it's hard to go against Kansas City Chiefs here. Um, but I think Tennessee can cover twelve and a half. I'll take that. I would take twelve plus yeah. twelve and a half Tennessee. Let's go. Yeah, I, I certainly think it's possible. Um, no, I think, I mean, Tennessee has a chance to own this division still, so they are still very much in this. They got a great team. 
King Henry looks like he's just getting into form, you know, for the winter. He evolves into the Yeti, so, you know, nothing nothing stopping him. Um, I'm Chris, I'm ready to ride with you on those two TD parlays, man. I'm ready. So let me know when you're when you're good to go, and I'll, I'll throw one in right with you. So if it's not the Powerball, we can at least count on Derrick Henry getting two touchdowns. Yeah, we do got to get that Powerball. I've seen that uh... – it, it, it rolled again, but do you see there was like twelve tickets in Illinois that won at least fifty grand? Oh, someone uh, like the Aurora Speedway got fifty nine, like fifty thousand dollars, like just. That was gonna be my next question. Was it all gas stations? I cannot confirm, but it seemed like majority was. It was not online. I know that, Tony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been pitting most of my money. <laughs> All right, guys. We got nothing else to cover for Chiefs-Titans. Let's move on to the Monday night matchup. It's the Baltimore Ravens at New Orleans going against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, this opened up at Ravens minus 2.5. It is still at minus 2.5 with an over-under of 47.5, so a slight change there in the line. Um Chris, how do you see this one shaking out? What do you, who do you like at, in the matchups here uh, for fantasy? I love Kamara. Um, always do. And we're going to go with uh, Lamar Jackson with a rushing touchdown. He hasn't had a rushing touchdown in a little bit. Um, so I'm going to play the odds on that. So I would go Kamara touchdown, Lamar Jackson touchdown, Ravens to cover in a three three leg parlay. Alright. I like that. Can you fuck with that, Bester? I can fuck with it. I'll probably go um, you know, Bateman's out. Um he doesn't have as many tools to throw to. I I probably see this being an under game. Definitely Baltimore covering. Um and screw it man. Put likely out there. You're gonna get some good odds to score another touchdown this week. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Jackson has passed for 1,600 yards and 15 tutties already. He's got six picks, and he's going to have to play without one of the most explosive receivers in Bateman um, as he was placed on injured reserve on Thursday, like we mentioned. Um, Guys, uh, you kind of have to give it to Andy Dalton. The guy's been slinging it, and uh, he's not afraid. I mean, he doesn't scramble much. He's just sitting in the pocket, and he's, he's not afraid to chuck it. So I, I kind of like that in him. And uh, Alvin Kamara has been turning it on with him as well. So there's some points to be had on this New Orleans side of the ball for fantasy purposes. So I think you can um, I think you can run with them, start them if you got them. I think the Saints have averaged like 400 yards of offense during Dalton's first uh, – these five starts he's had here. So it's been pretty smooth sailing if you're, uh, if you're rolling with some Saints. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, isn't uh, he's back up to God Winston? And isn't he available? They're calling Dalton the starter. I think so. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right. I think he's capable of starting, but he's going to be the he's going to be backing up Dalton. Yeah, yeah he's get, he's getting it done. I mean, there's call it what you want to call it. Andy Dalton's not a a flashy quarterback. But he's got a great arm. He's always had a rocket arm uh, throughout his time in the NFL. And he's uh, 
he's looking Chris Olave's way. He, he's not afraid to look downfield, and he's keeping the Saints competitive. So I think he'll stay out there for the for the future unless uh, you know unless injury gets to him because the guy is a statue out there in the pocket. So um, if you bring if you bring the rush, maybe that's a little scary for Dalton. But other than that, things look good. And uh, with with Mark Andrews kind of uh, not being himself, limited with those shoulder problems, you know who's been quietly doing okay, and Orzlik's been starting him week to week, is receiver Devin Duvernay. This guy's been um, doing all right, and he makes he makes up some decent points if you got, you know, in special teams. So he's getting the yardage there. If your league, uh, you know, allows you to sneak some points in there, Duvernay's plugged into the special teams as well. The guy's getting it done. Um is it a sexy name? No, but he's been he's had a okay floor of points week in and week out. That uh, you know, if you got if you got the Lamar Jackson, you can stack them, and it's been working, especially for Orslick. Well, unfortunately, uh, Orslick's going against one of the better teams this week with Gavin, who's got Jalen Hurts and Dallas uh, Goddard, and they're on the six yard line right now. So. Not looking too great in his matchups this week. And Goddard just caught the, caught the touchdown. Sorry, Orzlik. 24, <laughs> 24 points for Goddard in that tight end slot. He's projected to lose by 24. What a rough Thursday night after getting your balls cut off. Yeah, he is. Duvernay is the 31st wide receiver on the year. So, I mean. No, it's not, it's not sexy, but he's serviceable. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're we're in a uh, we're in a week where six teams are on bye right now with some serious playmakers. So it's uh, if you can if you can plug in, you can do a lot worse than plugging in a Devin Duvernay. That's for oh, sure. Yeah. He's playing. He has better stats this year than uh, Cortland Sutton, Deontay Johnson, Gabriel Davis. <clears throat> yeah, you got, you we got some. We got some big, some big guys sitting out. I mean, we got who? Who do we got on by this week? We got Denver on by. We got Cleveland, Pittsburgh. I mean, there's Giants. there's some, yeah, there's there's some playmakers out there. So, yeah, p- folks are scrambling. I mean, uh, I'm playing Evan this week. I'm having to start Alec Pierce again in the wide receiver role. Uh, I got Dawson Knox as tight end and going against Isaiah Likely that Evan picked up at tight end. So yeah, it's it's. It's hard in the streets right now. He's got Mac Hollins in the lineup right now as his starting wide receiver one right now. So that that'll tell you that it's it's hard. It's hard in fantasy football this week. I don't know why the NFL does this to us. Puts all these teams together on a bye like this. This is cruel and unusual punishment. Bye apocalypse, man. Hundred percent. Um, Barker, Barker's bets is in full effect as it is every week. We're going to oh, need, gonna need <laughs> some. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to load up my FanDuel app right now. So is Tony. Yep. Tell us what we need to do. I got money to spend here, man. Don't make me spend J- far away. And they go for two. They're up twelve. Jalen Hurts, like Orzo, just getting dogged right now. I had a five leg parlay, guys, that I missed uh, one leg on it last week that would have won me big money. And I didn't even tell you about it, but I had Derrick Henry anytime touchdown, Barkley anytime touchdown, Cup anytime touchdown, Diggs anytime touchdown. The only guy who didn't get a freaking touchdown, Justin Jefferson, that was 15 bucks for uh, $600. So I was pretty pissed off when I missed that and I missed that uh, 
at the 12 o'clock game. So the, the rest of them didn't even matter because they were all later games. But, um, man. Fitting guys, your, it's the guy on your team, too, that doesn't score. 100%, right? That's just how it is. Justin Jefferson yeah. is just, he's just not getting in the end zone this year, which, um, is he's still a top seven wide receiver, but you know, n- not getting the six is not great. So I'm going to bet him this week. Justin Jefferson, two touchdowns against Washington. Tony thinks it's going to be a route anyway. Someone's got a score. Hawkinson's probably going to suit up, but just play a little, you know, decoy route. So uh, Madison got a touchdown for the Vikings last week. Cook got a touchdown last week for the Vikings last week. Some bozo on the Vikings got a touchdown last week. I don't even remember who it was. But Justin Jefferson did that. Justin Jefferson's getting two this week. That's it. That's all? That's all for Barker's bets, huh? That's all I got. Seems a little light this week, but uh, we'll take it. What do you got, Dietrich's bets? What do you got? Well, what I got is – I'll, I'll give you another sp- spicy, bold take. I think the Carolina Panthers can keep things interesting. I think Deontay Foreman can grab himself a tutty. I got to look at the passing yardage for P.J. Walker because he seems to be uh, another guy that's not afraid to air it out. And uh, Tony, our boy D.J. Moore, starting to kind of come alive here in the in the middle of the, in the season here. Um, he might be able to you know, turn this season around and be a little productive for people on their fantasy teams. See, I wasn't crazy. It just, you know, he was uh, behind that. I don't know if you've seen. <laughs> He's a late bloomer. Baker Mayfield, he, there was a meme of him throwing to the, the, the basket in the corner of the end zone. <laughs> totally missed. And this guy was walking in the, the corner of the, the frame. Almost hits the guy. He's, and he looks back just like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, don't put him back on the field. No. I missed I missed that meme of Baker Mayfield, but they had one today of him lining up as a defensive end. I don't know if you guys saw that one. So they're like, Baker Mayfield's career is officially over. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awful. Okay, as of today, DJ Moore is the 25th <laughs> receiver on the year. He can make it to I, six. I think he's top 15. I think get top fifteen. <laughs> He's got time he still, for top fifteen. Right. He can still be top six, Tony. I believe. <laughs> All right. So I, I gotta ask: Are you guys right now? Are you leaning towards buying or selling at the trade deadline? Well, I'm I'm still very much feeling kind of comfortable with the team because you you are sniffing the back end of the playoffs right now and. I'm only one game out from from where your record is right now, so it's, uh, I'm not I'm not selling quite yet. And if I can sneak a little win in against Evan this week, who's absolutely ravaged by bye weeks and he's trying to piece together a team, if I can sneak one in, I feel like I you know I'm in a position that I might be able to make a run. If it doesn't work out, well then maybe I'll start looking to see if anybody wants uh, wants uh, a couple of my playmakers for some draft picks. I do have Christian McCaffrey, who's just absolutely balling now on the 49ers. That's one trade we didn't end up covering, um, but he did end up getting the trifecta last week. Rushing touchdown, receiving touchdown, and throwing a touchdown. That hasn't happened since the great LaDainian Tomlinson back in 2005, boys. So that's the only time that's happened in NFL history. Good company to be in with, with LT. For sure. 
myself, uh, I definitely need to stay on the bottom. Right? So it'll either be a hold or a sell for me. I'm not going for any championships this year. So we'll, we'll see where I'm at here when we near the, the deadline. Um, but I think I have some some pieces I could get rid of. I think you do too, Tony. I've looked at, I've looked at the roster. <laughs> yeah. I want I want I want Tony Pollard. <laughs> but Tony I think he's I think, I think he's going to cost some some cheddar from me. So uh not not interested in entertaining that yet, but I I want Pollard. <laughs> yeah. Uh cheddar rounds, you know. It's going to cost something. A little bit of both. Yeah. 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 DQ blizzards, everything. Got to I got to roll out the red carpet for for Tony Pollard. No, no issue on DQ Blizzard. As for me, I'm sitting at fifth. I'm playing Zach, who's sitting at four this week. Uh, and I got Gavin next week, and he's sitting at third. So if I win the next two weeks and beat them, I will be a buyer at the trade deadline. If I, if I don't, I'll have to play it by ear. But it just comes down to the next two weeks, and I have to win. Yeah. Okay, guys. The, the moods and the emotions – might be a lot different in next week's episode, so you're going to have to tune in to see where things go. Guys, I thought, we had another, I, thought, I thought we had another three-week vacation. What the fuck? We're doing this next week, too? See, there's a little something we like to call consistency, Chris. Uh, We're going to be – we got to give the people what they want. What they want is more fantasy football coverage. They want to hear about this pointless Moose Knuckle League. Got to give the people what they want. Fortunately, guys, I am going on actual vacation and uh, will not be able to uh, record this from the sunny Clearwater Beach. Ooh, must be a Scientology meeting for Tony down there. Oh, yeah, nothing but Scientology and Mai Tais. (laughs) (laughs) No No better combo than that. (laughs) No, Clearwater is sick. I love Clearwater, Florida. It's an awesome, uh, awesome area. Um, I'll say, I got. Are you just going down there with the misses or the kids too? Oh well, we're starting in uh, Disney World, so three days of that uh, first with my family, my two sisters, entire families, and mom and dad. So, woo-hoo. gotcha. I was gonna say, there's a decent little restaurant that'll text you for uh, Clearwater for you guys. Oh, please you do. Eat, I mean, we... if, if you guys need oysters. Oh yeah, for sure, dude. All right, I got you. We'll get a babysitter. I got you. Because oysters are an aphrodisiac. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> All right. Uh, Deja, can we... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I call I call my ties and uh, uh, oysters is my uh, new fancy team name instead of cranberry cherry sauce. Because <laughs> yeah. cranberry cherry sauce is just not an aphrodisiac. <laughs> sure is it. Not when you eat it with 14 um, other men. Yeah, not quite. <laughs> not quite. Deja, who are we getting a sub? Who are we, who are we getting as a third next week? Are we going Saros? Are we going uh, Mr. Pagel? Who, who are we enlisting? We'll have to let the people sit on ice, patiently waiting to see who we'll get as our guest for next week's episode. Um, we got a couple of good options. And if you're going to take that team name, I think I'm going to take My Ties in Scientology as my team name. <laughs> Love it. Um, how about this? Whoever listens to the podcast and hits us up first uh, is the person who's going to sub in for Tony next week. I like the way you think. Love it. All right, guys. On that note, I uh, think I uh, thank you everyone for tuning into the Moose Knuckle Fantasy Football Podcast. Let us know how we're doing. Leave a comment. Uh, whatever app 
what, whatever device you're listening to, be sure to like, subscribe, follow, just hit the button. Whatever button's there, just hit it. Wherever there's a comment box, leave a comment down below. We'll tune in and react accordingly. So for myself, for Chris, for Tony, thank you all. Good luck on your matchups. Peace out. Peace.